You're listening to Soul Work with San, where we journey through the needed conversation so that we can live, lead, and love better in this life. I'm your host, San, and fam, we back. It's been a long time. No, I won't even do that. But to my fellow Jamaicans, look how long since Missy Elias. Now, I hope you missed me as much as I missed you, because I missed you. Even though there's so much going on, there's still so much to remain optimistic about. And we're going to sort through it together. Season two is going to be filled with helpful, soul-shifting content. But I wanted to start it off confronting something many of us are facing. Now, it's safe to say that 2020 was not the year any of us expected. So what are we to make of it? Today, we're going to try and answer the question, what do you do when you don't know what to do? I've got three tips and a bonus that have helped me tremendously. And I think they'll help you too. I got you, boo. So let's begin. You ready? Let's work. I want to catch you up. So let me tell you what's been happening. Uh, About a month ago, the kids caught colds. But during this season, the sniffles are just a bit more serious. So we took the time we needed to make sure it was just that and nothing more. And literally a few days later, the following week, we got really bad news about my grandma. She was given a diagnosis. And between the time of the diagnosis and 12 days, she passed away. Now, for the believer, which she was one, death is not defeat. But if you're not careful, that grief will knock the wind out of you permanently. So I've been in deep reflection since then, and there's a lot to wrestle with when you're losing a loved one. But I remain grateful for the outpouring of love and prayers from everybody. I am so grateful for your kindness. And I am going to miss her so, so much. But she's where we all want to be one day. So again, thank you so much for your prayers and care. It's really helped me and my family. Now let's get to the heart of today's show. This episode is one about encouragement and endurance. 2020 has hit many of us in tragically unexpected ways. And for others, it's bought blessings. And for some of us, we're still trying to figure out what category to place what in. No matter where we stand during these times, we can all reflect on a time, whether it was now or previously, where we didn't know what the next move was. Do we take the job? pursue this relationship, sign the deal, go back to school. Should we move to this state or that one? Should we say goodbye for real? Life is filled with so many crossroads and it can be puzzling trying to navigate the path. But here's some good news. We are not left to ourselves. Now, growing up, my mom always used to quote the scripture when it says that God is not the author of confusion, right? So if ever there was a time when I'm not sure, go back to him and figure it out, son. But sometimes God is quiet. So then what? Now, it's okay to have moments of uncertainty. Everyone does. It's part of being human. So you you know what? Can I just say this right quick? Let me take this. We've got to stop posturing like all is well when it's not. Not only is that not faith, it's unbiblical. Now, hear me healthily. (laughs) Hear me. There is much wisdom in discretion and not spilling your guts to people that are unsafe. And I could almost understand people who are adamant about only acknowledging the positive. I almost get you. Now, I'm in no way trying to be a killjoy, but 
but it's vital to be able to experience and talk about all aspects of our humanity, even the parts that are uncomfortable and bring pain. Sometimes we get so caught up in the victorious finales of the people in scripture that we ignore the vast humanity found in the same writ for all to see. So from Abraham to David, Esther, Paul, Peter, Mary, even Jesus himself all had to endure heavy pressure, deep uncertainty, and moments of anguish in the soul. Now, I am not saying to start your personal woe is me campaign, but I am saying find somebody safe, a therapist, a friend that is mature, (laughs) or even if it's just the memos in your phone for right now, but talk about it. Get it out. Get it up and get it out. Okay, okay, my rant is over. But let's quit posturing though, please. Here's the truth. You can be blessed and highly favored and feeling bleak and in a high funk at the same time. Ask Elijah. And yet, even that won't separate you from the love of God. Now, I'm getting happy, so let me move on. You remember those times in your life where things happened and it left you feeling blindsided? You couldn't understand what was happening, why it was happening, and you didn't know what to do. You may even be in this season right now, but think about the last time this type of disruption happened. Wasn't it during this time that you grew the most? So the question is, what do we do when we don't know what to do? Number one, Rue and I say this to each other all the time. We do what we know. It's so crucial during this time that we maintain our life-giving rhythms. We resist the urge to escape our lives in whatever capacity that may be, and we keep the truth in front of us. This is why and where knowing the word is so crucial. If you check the news, the stats on vices like drugs, porn, alcohol, even social media, it's gone up tremendously. We're stuck at home, and if not, the way these surges are looking, it's pretty likely we might be stuck at home again. There's never been an easier time to binge and indulge in our vices and negative emotions. So overeating, rage, irritability, just being mean to the folk in your house, kids included. I mean, self-harm in all of its ways. It's all right there. So what do we do when we want to throw it all away and try and avoid the discomfort of our reality? The best thing to do is stick to the routine that you know you thrive on. So keep waking up early, keep making time for those devotions, getting that time outside, moving the body, working out, keep eating dinner as a family, sometimes with the TV off a few times a week, keep reading those pages before bed instead of scrolling, son, that one was especially for me. So whatever you did before that helped you maintain your groove of productivity, keep at it. And since we're keeping stuff, keep the word before you. You don't have to go on a 30-day fast and read a chapter of the Old Testament every day for the next 30 days to feel close to God. And sometimes those acts of performance are more for ourselves than it really is for him anyway. But that's a different podcast for a different day. But just take one verse, just one verse that has been speaking to you right where you are. Rehearse it, repeat it, study it, try and memorize it and chew on it for all it's worth. This is how we'll be able to hide the word in our hearts by making it a part of our lives. So keeping the truth in front of us will keep us from sinking. Ain't that right, Peter? So number two, what do we do when we don't know what to do? We prepare with wisdom. 
We are more aware of our limitations during this time than we've ever been. There are certain things we can't do, places we can't go, and money we cannot spend because of the times we're in. But what can we do? And better yet, what can we prepare for? Life doesn't end just because of a setback. And sometimes going backwards can create the momentum we need to explode ahead. Preparation is an act of focus and faith and will only focus on what we're clear about and believe in. So instead of solely paying attention to what we can't do, how about we place our attention on not only what is possible right now, but what we can do within our control of what is to come. So in other words, who would I like to be a year from now, two years from now, despite this pandemic? And what can I do to become just that? Starting small, what steps can I take right where I am to get there? You'd be surprised at all the creative answers God gives when we surrender our future to him. See, we can still work. We can still dream. We can still prepare for what's to come. This time, it was never meant to paralyze us. Number three, what do we do when we don't know what to do? We get still and wait on the good shepherd. Now, I promise you, I'm not contradicting myself because paralysis and stillness, they're not the same. One is the literal representation of fear. The other is an extension of trust in God. Only a soul that is confident in God will get still before him because it's both humbling and healing. It is clarifying and transformative. It waits to hear from him and not do all the talking all the time. Pete Scazzaro, an incredible Christian leader, he was recently talking about sheep and shared great insight on the makings of sheep. One of the points that I found eye-opening is that sheep are one of the few animals that don't have anything to protect themselves. There are no fangs, no claws. They're clumsy. Their bodies aren't strong. They get tired quickly. They don't have the wherewithal to guard themselves. They were never meant to be wolves. Sheep were never made to be self-sufficient, hyper-independent, or on their own. Sheep are the animals that scripture compares us to. Now, before we get our wool ruffled up at the idea that we could identify with sheep, let's look at one really important comparison. They thrive guided by a shepherd. And thankfully, God is not only that, but he's the good shepherd. He's not just walking us deeper into impending doom, y'all. He's guiding us into green pastures. He's restoring our souls. And he's making a feast for us to enjoy in front of our enemies? Fam, like, have y'all looked at Psalm 23 lately? I mean, according to scripture, my flex is biblical, amen? <laughs> you mean to tell me that the place where I get to bask in abundance and I get to eat is in front of the folk who wanted to devour me? Ooh, God, you good, good. Get this dance. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm going to stop with the silliness. But jump into that text next time you get a chance. It is juicy. The good shepherd doesn't just stop there. He's providing us rest against the weariness that comes with trying to shepherd ourselves. Because isn't that exhausting and isolating? Now, I'm not saying to loaf and not put any effort towards your life with the mistaken expectation that Jesus will fix it after a while. Because entitlement and trusting God are not the same thing. The Bible is really clear on the importance of personal responsibility and start at Proverbs for more deets on that. But that desire to trust only yourself, 
only look out for you, fam, that fails. And what do you do then? Andy Crouch brought up such a dope point when he first wrote about the place of Christians during this time with the coronavirus. He made the distinction between prediction versus promise. In a time where our culture has become so obsessed with predictions, what's going to happen with the economy? When will this all be over? Who's going to be the next savior? I mean, president. (laughs) We want to accurately predict the future, which we can't. But there is something we can do. And that's make a promise. Hannah Arendt says it best. The remedy for unpredictability, for chaotic uncertainty of the future, is contained in the faculty to make and keep promises. So no, you may not be able to predict the future but you can shape it through a promise. So what's your promise? That no matter what, you'll stick with and trust the one who is faithful, the one who cannot lie, and the only one who has the perfect track record of keeping every promise he's ever made. Imagine what happens to the quality of your future when you promise to trust the promise keeper, come what may. Now I've got a bonus. Here's my bonus tip. Know that you have community. When Isaiah first speaks of Jesus, one of the names given to him is Emmanuel, God with us. So one of the ways we can practice Christ-likeness is by being with people and practicing community. But this withness includes the most difficult moments too, not just the fun times on the mountaintop. Can you be with people when life gets ugly for them, even if they can't do anything for you? If we look at the Gospels, Jesus never came on suffering people, broken people, healed them, and then left them alone. See, people healing within community was significant to their healing process. Look at what he tells the 10 lepers in Luke 17. Showing themselves to the priests would have allowed them to come back where? Into community. Jesus healed, he taught, he partied, and shut down the Pharisees' foolishness where? In community. Well, why? Because community matters. We cannot do life well alone. So it's time to reach out, my friend. Now, heads up, it's going to be awkward. It may even be humbling, but don't take this trip alone. I know, and I get it. Trust me, you can do bad all by yourself. But that's the operative phrase, isn't it? You're doing bad. And it doesn't have to be that way. Don't stay in a toxic environment. You can't heal there. But open yourself up to an actual loving and gospel-centered community. That's real accountability. Growth is going to hurt, but in the right community, you won't hurt by yourself. Nobody heals fully when they're isolated. Even our wholeness involves our community. Now, if I wanted to keep clowning, this is the part where I'd sing, I need you to survive off-key. But I promised Drew I'd only sing off-key twice a day, and I already hit my quota. Maybe next time. (laughs) So what are we leaving with? What do we know? That when we don't know what to do, number one, we do what we know. We stay with the rhythms that work. Number two, we prepare with wisdom. What can we do now to become? Number three, we get still before the Lord, knowing we're led by a good shepherd, making that promise. And number four, the bonus, we heal in community because we'll never thrive alone. Here's my question. Who will you reach out to and encourage today? Now, see, you already know exactly who I'm talking about. Yep. 
that one person that you know is a godsend, but it may still be in its awkward stages. Dial those numbers right there. Build your community, fam. Somebody needs to hear from you. Now, the next time you're feeling angst or you just want to take some time to still your soul, I want you to do this. Take a deep breath one or a few times. Feel your feet on the floor. Feel the breath in your body. That's God's gift to you. And I want you to just think about this one scripture. Isaiah 41 and 10 says this. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Hear the word of the Lord and be at rest. Even when you let go, he's holding on to you. Thank you for letting me be with you today. We're living in some strange times, but we know that hope has a name. It's Jesus. And we know that he can be trusted. So stay the course, fam. Reps and sets. Now, if this brought you any value, I'd be honored if you'd subscribe to the show for more soul-hitting episodes delivered freely to your device each week. Check out our website, soulworkwithson.com for more thoughts. Now, we're on Facebook and IG at soulworkwithson. For me, on IG, I'm just at Son Pope. We're going to keep going. Now, would you do me a favor and leave a review and a rating if you can? It helps spread the show to more people, and I'd really appreciate it. Now that I've caught up with you, why don't you catch up with me? I mean it. Hit me up at hello at soulworkwithson.com and let me know how you're doing. Let's heal, fam. We're in this together. Now, remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. So let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon. Thank you.